What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 123 of the Benchtime Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. And this week is an awesome, we got an awesome special. This is the, we're going to coin this one the the weathering special, right, Dad? Yeah. We have, yep. And we have a guest to talk about weathering. Who better to get bring on and talk about weathering than Doug Fiscali? So thanks for joining us, Doug. Oh, thanks for having me on. Thank you. It's, um, yeah. It's good it's to have you. A, it's it's been a while since we've had him on. Yeah, I don't think we've had him on since like the fall. I, I know mean, it's been fall, and we'll have to send whoever yeah. his tour guide was from his trip a thank you card because he didn't get eaten by any lions. You know he's back. <laughs> <laughs> um, Captain, we, we did have some close calls. We, I'm, I saw calls. that. That's terrifying. <laughs> but I'm sure, I, 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 I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it's one of those moments one, where you can taste the adrenaline, like almost. Uh, it's also one of those moments where you almost have to change your pants. <laughs> oh, man, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I said this to someone else. I said, you know, no matter how brave you are, I don't care how tough you are. Yeah, they're just they're just they're, they're monsters, and they could jump up and eat yeah. you anytime they want to. And there's nothing nothing you can do about it. You got a 700 oh, pound no. lion staring but, you down. It'll have its way. Yeah. But was, <laughs> well, anyways, yeah. welcome back. And and, and we were in, oh. we were in tents. Yeah, just a tent. Sorry. Did they? Uh, yeah, I mean it was a nice tent. It was, a, but it was. Uh, Did they have a perimeter or electric electric perimeter up at all or anything? No, the only thing that couldn't make it inside were elephants. They had like, oh my like, gosh! High, so, <laughs> the, but uh, and and there, at one point there were two lions went past the tents, so we didn't even notice until our the guest next to us took pictures of it. Oh my like, gosh! Oh, my God. oh man, that was, that was that was five five minutes ago. We didn't even know they were there. Ah, oh. you would have to have another change of underwear <laughs> for that one too. Just uh, just just yeah, hearing yeah. it, but just hearing it from somebody that that happened earlier and you didn't know it. I'd be would, I'll be in the car, it, guys. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'll be sleeping in the car the rest of this trip. You'll find me in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Well, that's that is awesome, but um, yeah. But we did bring you on. I could talk probably about Africa stories from you all night because I'm sure you have a <laughs> billion of them. But uh, yeah, yeah. um, we brought you on to talk about some weathering and um, kind of we'll run through our techniques and get some from you. Pick your brain a little bit, but this will be the weathering specific yeah. episode. So before we do that, though, do you want to run down through anything new that you've got coming out or you've that you've maybe or just posted or anything on your on your product line? Uh, Nothing terribly new. Of course, our schedule is a little crazy. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just catching up. Um, But uh, we do have our regular kit of the month coming out in a few days. I'm excited. It's on the 15th, but we're we're about four or five days late, but it's uh, it'll be out by the weekend. And you didn't put any pictures Um, of that up yet, did you? No, no, I'm just ah, I'm just finishing up the model. I'm it's super. A, uh, it's a little, yeah, it's a little pancake house, like a little food okay. shack. Okay. Um, like a house of pancakes kind of thing. Um, something different. I'm pumped. Uh, so oh, cool. That's weekend. cool. You know, you know, we um, we joined recently joined uh, the Kid of the Month Club, and we are having a lot of fun with it. For us, because there's two of us, Doug, um, we did it, yeah. and one one month Brett gets one. And the next month, I get the next one, and we get them alternating. Well, I'm going to get this next one yeah. and be done with it before you start the one you have now. Well, that's because <laughs> that's because I'm working this Rust Rock Falls thing now. Oh, and you know how incorporate slow it, I do. incorporate I, that I, in the Rust Rock. Do that. My problem is, yeah. I get I work on one wall. I know, and I get so focused on just one wall 
And we and, know, uh, we know and, how you are. And, yeah, that's how I am. And then, and then next thing you know, the stuff starts piling up. And uh, yeah, but that's what makes it look good. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyways, yeah. yeah. Yep. So you got the yeah, kid of the I'm, month you know, coming I'm, up. Yep. Yep. Um, and you know, it's, 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 a, it's been fun for me as well, because I mean, just like the modelers who are subscribing to the, to the program, uh, I get to do something new every month and it, you know, uh, you guys work like every week, but sometimes, uh, if you don't, you get a little rusty, you know, yeah. even, even no matter how good a model you are. So this yeah. keeps things, you know, um, and you get to, you know, you, you start trying new things and. And like, you know, we've said this before on the podcast here as well, you know, you're only going to learn this by, you know, we get better at it by making mistakes. So Right. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. Or, and just practice, practice, practice. So, you know, the more the better. Yeah. And you can experiment with some yeah. stuff on these little one-off kits. Um, some, yeah. You can experiment it on yeah. a smaller a smaller kit and see like, oh, is this going to work? Or do I like this new thing? And if it doesn't, then you just, you don't have to do that again or try it a different way. So. Right, right, right. Very I cool. Knew one. Yeah, but, I knew uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, other than that, uh, we'll probably have a new kit in about three or four weeks. Um, and then uh, we'll see from there. It all depends on what's going on. You know, right. Uh, our schedule's kind of gotten tw- tweaked a little bit. So, who sure. Knows? <laughs> now, are you finding yourself, you're having time now to do some modeling on your own and as well? Or? No, no, we're, st- we're still busy. I mean, you know, orders are still pretty steady so far. Right, um, right. And maybe good, more so uh, because, than, because people well, yeah, are it's, it's, doing that. We don't want to get yeah. on the subject of that long, but like, uh, like I said, no, I mean, no, there's, no. There's, a, there's a fact of life that, you know, the people are ordering stuff. I mean, we're seeing it online, which is really cool. Um, we talked about right. this in the past. We talked last week with uh, Jason Jensen the other week. Uh, we were talking about yeah. the fact that now that everybody's home, we're seeing a, a huge influx of of people online really sharing their work right. and it's incredible. It's all over the place yeah. right now. And, uh, that's, and yeah. that's a positive, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that just, just, just kind of reinforces how good the hobby always has been before this, you know, sure. um, it's always been a great source of, uh, you know, n- not just something to do, but something that people can share and, and learn from and right, you know, right. it's happening more than ever, which is good under, you know, even under bad circumstances. So. Right. Sure. Now I noticed you had a, you had a, you had a Facebook post on your Facebook page uh, for Foscale Models. It, it was um, yeah. you building, uh, you showing off your your cart, your diorama cart, and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. it was, and, and that was so cool. The last that we saw it, we were up there in June uh, last uh-huh. year to visit you, and you had the diorama, you had your diorama up on a. I think it was like some crates and stuff you had stacked up or something, right? Yeah, it was just like a, a one by ten plywood box kind of thing. That, that's what it was. Yeah, right it was like that. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I thought that was a great idea. So I built, I got this thing <laughs> at the store uh, when I was out shopping uh, with my wife, and I had it's one of those things at the art store. It's real tall, and it has uh, like all these multiple colored drawers in it. And then yeah. I'd say it goes up over, you know, over waist high. And I put an apple crate on its end upright. So it gives it like the inside of the crate is another storage area. And then I sat my, and it all stemmed off of how you had your diorama sitting up high like that. And so you didn't, like you said on the video, you didn't have to stoop. And, um, yeah. 
So I'm all proud of the fact I have this thing. And then you turn around and you come out with this, this, this new creation with the lazy Susan inside it. And it was really cool. Um, it was a really cool thing to see. And I think you inspired a lot of people uh, to build oh, something good, similar because I was hearing about it from some of the other milers. And yeah. but one thing I noticed is you moved. It looks like you rearranged your shop a little bit there on that. Yeah. Oh, more, more than a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I rearrange it almost every day. So, <laughs> well, I mean, not, not like... on purpose. I mean, I just I'm trying to get every square inch to be maximized and useful uh, and have a purpose, and you know. Well, so it looks like now you have uh, a window uh, right, right by your workbench yeah. because you didn't before. Yeah, it did. yeah, yeah. It used to be a roll-up garage door. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's there's three garage doors here, so I took one out. I, I, I closed one up with uh, two windows and a door. And, um, and one, with, one with other. The, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, with with the intention of putting the workbench up to it, just I want day. I want to work in daylight because. Yeah. You know, I, as I've gotten older, I don't see as well anymore. So I need all the light <laughs> I can get. Yeah, you know, it's uh, different. It really does. Well, now, one of the things I noticed in the photo, and I think one of the people commented on there as well, is uh, can you tell us a story? What's the deal with the Darth Vader helmet that was up on the shelf? <laughs> oh, that's, uh, I've had that since I was about 11 years old. So oh. uh, <laughs> I think we all yeah. have something like that in our, in our shop that we can re- you know, yeah. look up at reminisce. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've been together for a while. So, <laughs> so instead of okay. in a box, you know. Yeah. yeah. So now um, you also were showing uh, how you're putting kits together. I saw a video on that. That was really well done. You were in fast motion, and uh, that was impressive. Yeah. Um, and so you're a one-man operation doing that, right, during that? Uh, for for the last couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, usually we have uh, one or two more people here packing and doing some production stuff, so it's I'm trying to do it all myself. So I, I, uh, I, I was sweating <laughs> watching it. And uh, <laughs> so, so um, I guess you, you, we you were talking about kits and and uh, you know the kid in month club you have uh, coming out a new one, and of course you said you have another structure you're planning on. Here's I guess you said shortly. Yeah, probably within three or four weeks. Okay, uh, another HO kit. Yeah, that's cool. We'll we'll keep our uh, we'll hold our breath till till it comes and wait because we always get excited. Everybody gets all pumped up when you yeah when you put it out there and and um, yeah. that's that's awesome. And I'm, be sure good. We're gonna, I'm sure we're gonna have questions along those lines, anyways, with the with the listeners. Uh, would they have questions here at right. the end? Uh, but um, so anyways, let's get on to to our subject of weathering. What do you say? Um, so, when what I ha, I'm going to start right off the bat because I'm working your Rush Rock Falls, and uh, I just I did a little thing. I was reading the directions. I love your directions in your kits, and we talked about this before. Uh, they're very, very well defined and explained. And I'm not going to you know badmouth anybody else, but to me, I think there are some of the best directions that I've read as far as explanation goes and the graphics and how that all works. Um, they, they, they fit together well, and I'm not trying to pump your head up. It's just, it's just, this is just a bat. And, um, so one of the directions you had was on these, these cargo bay doors, uh, that you had and you rusted them up. Yeah. And, uh, so I did it and it, and I followed your directions and they turned out like amazing. You know, the weathering, I never <laughs> thought 
to use a Sharpie marker to get my base color on that. Now, yeah. what's the laser cut? What, what, what? That's one of the questions that came up when I was doing so the, the uh, laser board. Yeah, you know, is that laser board? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's called laser board, and basically, I think it's a it's actually a corn based uh, kind of fiber material that uh, is used for like the backing of, of like formica sheets. Oh. Um, you know. Um, so they, they just, this is less the formica and it's, they can get in a bunch of different thicknesses, but what's great about it. And you probably noticed this once you hit it with the marker, it gets, it's not a flat Brown. It's got that mottled kind of varied look. Right. It looks like rusty steel. So even before you do any other acrylic paint to it, you could leave it by itself and it still looks rusty. Oh yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. and I, ha- yeah, and I've, I've painted other, you know, uh, the same item with just like a rust paint. But the, for some reason, the Sharpie marker is just the right brown, and it bleeds into that laser board and gives it a great finish to start. And then you could add, you know, obviously you add other colors to it. But yeah, right. Um, yeah, between it, between the, the brown Sharpie marker and the silver Sharpie marker, there's so much you could do. Oh yeah, I use the uh, silver I, the silver one for metallic surfaces and stuff. And, I've been and, using the. You know. Sometimes I'll use the. Um, the I, I bought a three pack. Because it's hard to just, unless you go to like a Michael's, it's hard to just get a silver one. So if you get like a Walmart. Yeah, you, you got to buy the big one. Yeah, you get a three pack right. of like silver, gold, and copper. Bronze. Or yeah. bronze. I've been uh-huh. using the gold one occasionally on um, like some lamps or stuff that goes on the outsides of buildings to look like brass. Um, just little uh-huh. tiny, tiny details for like parts that would be brass on like a nicer building, like a. Um, I went back over Rankin's Steakhouse, and uh, there's a lamps made those brass looking, yeah. and I did add some weathering, so they're not perfectly shiny. But the met- the metallic sharpies, I think, are a really underrated tool. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. And, yeah and, and there's, and, a, there's a cop- copper, bronze. Uh, there's a couple of metallics. Mm-hmm. And then one of uh, one of Doug's. This isn't the first time I've run into something where Doug had explained in directions it was on his blog and i did it a couple years back and uh i used copper the copper sharpie marker to do the the copper roof um or it was i actually it was a i don't think it was a roof what's the 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 chorus or whatever that is the head the headpiece above the top of the building cornice the cornice, yeah, cornice, yeah, yeah, and yeah. um, and you use that, and then you use like a like a uh, I use like a mint colored paint over top of it, and it yeah, it turned out awesome. But it was all through your directions and how you did it. I mean, and uh, but yeah. uh, that was yeah, you're one of the people that turned me on to using sharpie markers for stuff, and uh, it's been a while since I've actually dug them out and used them until I came across these doors. But um, I did a piece on it. Uh, a video live piece uh, showing them how to do I the other doors because yes, we showed them how to do that when we did the um, uh, you did it with the doors and we also did it with our live build a while ago. Yeah, right, the live build, and I told uh, so I did the back doors because the rear doors are smaller mm-hmm. on the back of this on the back of this kit. So I did them uh, as the direction said to do them the same way, which I which I did, and I used that to show them because I don't want to show somebody something. <laughs> It, without trying it out, you know. <laughs> so, so once my did the, yeah. the big garage doors, it turned out nice. The uh, the other garage doors had didn't. Um, uh, the other garage doors, I felt more confident in doing the show. I won't do a show and no and not, you know, just go 
cold turkey and just say, hey, let's try this. Uh, but um, in the, anyways, in the process of that, um, I told the people, I said, if you know, a good investment really is to go out and get yourself a, a set of Sharpie markers. I mean, it may not, yeah. you may not want to get the, the every color under the rainbow set, you know, but, or at least go in and pick the colors you wanted, like the browns and the earth tones and the greens and things like that. You mm-hmm. may find uses for them. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that, that's, that was a really cool thing with the, uh, the texturing. And I, and I had a lot of fun with that. Um, that's the kind of weathering and things like that I want to talk about today is, you know, how, how you, how you came across that i mean was it just experimentation or uh the brown sharpie yeah i think it was um i mean i I was using the sharpie marker already to do like you know if you have a a board like a billboard and you cut out the paper and you mount it on something you've always got that white paper edge you know and you don't want to see that so i was just edging with the sharpie and i it must have bled into the laser board one day and it just looked right you know (laughs) um i think that's how that happened yeah, I, um, I was almost but, tempted to leave the leave it just Sharpie marker because it looked good just with the Sharpie, you know. Well, exactly. That's it. Can you can I mean, it, or just the Sharpie marker, maybe plus one layer of weathering, whether it's just the rust powder or just the burnt uh, umber oil paint. But right. of course, you know, if you build it up with three or four more different materials, it looks much much better. Mm-hmm. Right. So now, now you say yeah. rust. You say rust powder. Uh, what do yeah. you use for your rust powders? Um, I use either the Bragdon kind of uh, weathering chalks, or mm-hmm. I also have the uh, pastel sticks, and I just shave them down with a razor blade. Okay. Because um, that's that's a pretty cheap way to do it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so either way, yeah. And I've, I tried the pen pastels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're they're okay for me. I I'm just so used to the powders that yeah. uh, the pan pastels. I just I think I apply too much. I'm a little too heavy handed with those. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sure if I kept doing it, you know, it's like anything else. You'd yeah. get better at it. But. It's just the sure. comfort thing too. Um, you know, it's it's you fall into these. Yeah. We all fall into comfort zones every now and then. You always grab the same thing. You know, you do it. I tend to grab the same kind of products all the time. Yeah, you know, it's like because, yeah, like you said, yeah, it's comfort. Now, yeah. So now, what I did with mine when I was doing it was I added a little of that. I bought that corrosion stuff from you a long time ago. Uh, from AK, so uh, AK? <laughs> yeah. and I, I've had it for a couple of years now. <laughs> I think I got it from you up at, at one of the fine scale expos, and um, yeah, and I think it'll last for the rest of my life. But um, it has, <laughs> I, so I, I I dabbed a little bit about on there, and I it's yeah, so scary. Yeah, it has to be, yeah, it is because you have to you have, you have to use so very very little of it, <laughs> and it doesn't always yeah. just stick right, you know. <laughs> It, no, yeah. it kind of gets yeah. better and it rolls around all over the place. Um, yeah, I mean, in that case, I mean, that's it's probably better for a larger scale project like a tank, like a 35th, 135th scale right. model or something where you really want some heavy grit. Because if you, you know, if you stuck an HO scale figure next to it, they're going to look like giant snowballs, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Bigger, bigger <laughs> than a fist. So yeah, and I was going to scrape this off. What's that, Doug? Yeah. No, I was gonna say that, that that probably works for something like the bottom of a rusty boat if it's up, you know, up on uh in a dry dock or something, something bigger. Um but for a door so, you know, a little the little stuff in HO it's not so great. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. I, I, we talked about that on previous shows with you too, on the AK things, is a lot of that stuff you do have to 
you do have to find a way to scale it down because a lot of it's not designed yeah. for that. Right. Yeah. Um, I know you sell you sell a lot of that stuff on your on your website, uh, the AK. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see as much up there as you used to have. Are you scaling back um, from it or finding the things? No, no. I, 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 I've taken a few things down within the last few weeks, of course, because um, AK was stopped for a while and the production stopped in Spain. Okay. Um, so, so there's a backlog of uh, the distributor we use in the U.S. doesn't have everything right now. So instead of back ordering everyone who orders it, I just didn't, I just took some of the stuff off. Yeah, because then people are sitting there waiting for it and they're upset because it's not in. And yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, like the like the asphalt and the concrete. I mean, that's like toilet paper right now. You can't find it anywhere. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, now, so. Brett, Brett loves that stuff. What toilet I paper? With the, oh, the asphalt. Oh, asphalt. <laughs> yeah. Doug said toilet paper, and I said, "Oh, do, uh, and you said Brett loves that we stuff." All, I thought you said toilet, toilet paper. paper. Anyways, no, I just actually <laughs> used some of the asphalt in front of the. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a that was a funny that was a funny one. I had to say it. So uh, I just used the asphalt actually in front of um, the terminal. So that yeah, that that you have to thin out too. Um, I think you do. You know, it. I usually yeah, I yeah. paint a base. I, I paint a base layer of black down of acrylic black paint, yep. and then I use the um, yeah. the asphalt. I put it on with a spatula, and then I thin it out pretty pretty decently. Yeah, yeah. Even if you dip the spatula or whatever you're using in water, yeah, you can get a nicer finish have you, you, know, you get out any of those wrinkles or bumps or whatever? I when I first started using it, I was like, I'm sure you saw it too, but. Um, Unless I have like really weird water here, but it like leaves a blue, like watery residue on top when you add water to that. That uh, uh, um, mine yeah, it's like a purple tint. Yeah, it's weird, it's like and I'm like, blue. Yeah, I'm like, what is it? I hope it doesn't yeah. dry like that. Like, what the heck's going on with this stuff? And then it dries, it clears up. But I, it, when I first put it down, I was panicking. Like, why is it purple? Like, why is my road going to be purple now? But <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of like, you know, when you use paint, it always dries a little lighter. Yeah. You know, if you paint in a room or something. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I usually end up sanding it with a fine sandpaper anyway, just to get any of my bumps out. And that makes, you know, it kind of, you know, the, the dust from the sanding itself makes the kind of like a haze over it and kind of kills that bright black, uh, that new asphalt look. So it's, it's a little better to sand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's fun to work with though. And always, it, it, you know, I think it produces a pretty cool effect. Now it is too black; it's way too black. So I weather the road down pretty heavily um, to kind of gray yeah. out to gray out the asphalt. Um, and I still I, I don't know how you do it. I just use chalks for that too. Oh, to weather it. Oh yeah, I'll use black to streak down the middle. I'll yep. use um, um, you know for a lighter gray just to give it some more variety. But what I also do is. Um, and if you look on YouTube and you look at AK's, they have an, a, a tutorial video on using the asphalt. Uh, they'll put down, they'll sprinkle down some gray powder, but then they'll blot alcohol on top of it. That's what I did. And it dilutes the gray, and it just makes this blotchy kind of, you know, real road-like look. So it's uh, yeah. When you look not at so flat looking. When you look at paved roads that are asphalt or macadam, whatever you call it, where you're from, the yeah. the you know they they're dark black for like a week ever 
when they're freshly paved. And that's it. And then they turn and gray. Yeah. If they're a year old, mine one out here, they paved last year in my house, and it's like almost white when you take a picture of it. It's really light colored gray. And uh because yeah. all that tar wears out. So Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a wet there's where, where, where I'm from. Yeah, go, sorry, go, go go ahead, where you're from. No, I was gonna say where I'm from, we used to we I still make the mistake, I call it asphalt. <laughs> That's, and my wife corrects me all the time. Uh, it drives her nuts. It's a hard one to It's fix. not asphalt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's what we used to call it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Well, I was just saying that was a quick we- a road weathering tip. Um, and, and I'll even yeah. mix on the edges. I'll take some of uh, my brown um, uh, powders and I'll do a little brown on the sides where, especially if it's touching mm-hmm. um, any kind of earth. I always just a real thin line, yeah. like a quarter inch, maybe a half inch if it's a puddly area. I just lightly, yeah. very lightly put some earth tones into that road because they get dirty. And um, the other thing, what did I want to ask you about roads? Oh, you know, this is going to be also some, it's weathering slash product use, but it's, I'm sure you've used it. What's that stuff called? Let me find it. <laughs> I have it right in front of me. It's the AK Damp Earth. Is it Damp Earth Effects? Hang on. Sounds like he's sitting at my bench. A box. <laughs> I had to grab it. What's yeah. that? It's the. Sound like you're running I, 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 I know the. I know the one you mean. I haven't used Dark it. Mud. Have you used that? Oh, Dark Mud. Yeah, that I've used. Dark um, Mud or yeah, Fresh I mean, Mud? Yeah, either one. I mean, you know, mix them with some alcohol or, uh, you know, or mineral spirits and. Just dab it randomly. You don't want to brush open the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but my favorite, to, my favorite to use is um, dust and dirt deposits. I have that. Have one. You tried that one? Yep. It's, yeah, it's like a light sandy color, but it mm-hmm. when you put it on top of the pavement, again, it adds to that whole faded, bleached kind of asphalt look. Yep. Um, and and it really just fades the whole thing away. There's a lot of cool things you can do with that dust deposit thing. I've used them. Oh, yeah. Um, you can use it on locomotives, freight cars, you name it. Yeah, yeah, I, I put them on the street cars uh, just to dust them out, mm-hmm. like on the fenders and whatever. Hey, thin it out a little bit with the, you know, with the uh, mineral spirits. Um, but you know, it just makes sure it's even. Uh, it really puts the dirt and dust into the corners and things. I really like that. I used it last uh, last week on a demo, um, or when I took the photos of the um, of the the garage doors we were talking about with the windows. Mm-hmm. I didn't as rusty as everything was because I made that rusty and everybody's like, oh, you could put your foot through that thing, right? And um, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, okay. I think it was Ron Kleiser said that, but um, it was, uh, you know, the windows. I, I didn't want to just put the acetate on the window and then have uh-huh. it just be uh, an acetate window, or or even if I went to the extreme of uh, of glazing the window, um, I I didn't want to. I didn't want it to be a nice clean window. I wanted it to be a dirty, filthy hmm. window. So I put that, yeah. I put that stuff on the on the on, on the window itself and around the corners and the edges. Kind of made it smeared up with the dust deposits you were talking about, and then put a little bit of that slimy green stuff in the corner and really thinned that down mm-hmm. uh, and made it look like you know how windows get all filled. Why would you have a clean window <laughs> on a rusty door? <laughs> Right. <laughs> they only concerned about the glass. They just got to look out of it. Yeah, but that that yeah, has yeah, a lot yeah. of cool purposes. So, um, yeah. let's get into some. Let's pick your brain a little bit more, Doug. Um, 
so in working with the uh, l- the livery that I was doing, I obviously on, on the on which mod that was the, uh, the livery. It's part of the f- terminal. The terminal, okay. Yeah, yeah. I did some aging of some boards by with the board by board that you. Um, uh-huh. have to do on that kit, uh, which is a boatload of fun. But um, so if someone's going to do some board by board, I know we got a lot of listeners that have done some board by board stuff. And we actually have some listeners in different other scales, like larger scales that do hand cut, like lum- real hand cut lumber. Like they'll put the studs and stuff in and very, I'm sure you've seen some yeah, people yeah. do that, but that's crazy. For sure. Yeah. But um, yeah. give me some tips that you would have on, if someone's doing the livery or something like that, where they would want to age those boards and make them have texture and make them look like it's old board by board yeah. construction, like That's a bar, like that barn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, most of the techniques I, I, I try to use, and this is of course, we're talking about HO scale, mm-hmm. but the stuff I've done, I've kind of borrowed from O scale modelers because a lot of it can translate into O scale, even though you won't see some things like the, you know, it's the age-old argument with the nail holes that you'll never see, but I add them anyway because they add texture. But um, anyway, so what I what I'll just walk you through what I would do with the boards. I usually just tape them. You know, say it's two by tens. I'll tape a bunch of them down to a piece of cardboard or scrap, and I'll take a razor saw, drag it down, give it some grain. Um, but the razor saw is a little too uniform, uh-huh. um, obviously because it's got you know even even uh, sized serrated teeth to it. So then after that, I'll take a, a compass that's got, uh, or it's a, really a divider, but it's like a compass. It's got two points in it. Yeah. And for those those points are really, really fine, and they're really hard. They're like hardened steel. So you can you can get grain that kind of wanders off and is more irregular and natural than the razor saw is going to give you. So that's the second step. Um, and then if you want to, you could use the wire brush tool here and there. Um, you know, the fine wire brush that like Micromark makes one and stuff. It's, it's super fine wires. Yeah. And you can even get so them at like, you're, uh, you're, 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 I was just going to say Lowe's and yeah. Harbor Freight has some cheap wire brushes you can always use too. But anyways. Yeah. They're not they're, as fine though. Size you can think of. Yeah, probably not as fine as the Micromark. Right, anymore. right. But, um, but basically what you're trying to do is, you know, if, if you don't do any of the texturing, you might as well use cardboard, right? Because you're going to, you're not going to, the, the, you want light to hit all these edges and textures. So the more you put in, the more you're going to see, and the more little pieces of you know lines of grain, the more it's going to seem like something of a smaller scale. It's going to be more realistic because it's all been reduced down. Uh, so then I stain that, and I for stain. I mean, you know, everyone always asks, what do you use for a stain? Say whatever I got, you know, <laughs> ink, alcohol, and ink. Um, and then they say, what's the recipe? I, I don't have one. I alcohol just and ink. Pour it in and make it. No, I know, but the ratio, like how many drops per ounce and, you know, to that, I would just say, you know, make, make three batches, make one light, medium and dark. And then you want, so or don't even do that. You can take mineral spirits, take some burnt umber and then stain the whole thing brown. Again, it all depends on what you want the boards right. to look like. So, um, so put the texture down, put a stain down. Um, if you want to stop there, you can, of course, it's not so great, but you can take a third step, do some dry brushing with white and you can call it a day because now the dry brushing is going to pick up all the texture you did and it's going to look nice, mm-hmm. but wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be better if there was even more detail and more variety? So I'll take, um, take the burnt umber and I'll do just spot, 
spot uh, spot weathering, I guess you can call it. You know, just randomly, kind of blotch here, blotch there, blotch there, and and uh, mix it up. Because once you start cutting the boards up, you know, you've got an eight inch piece of wood uh, from your from your kit. You're going to get you know seven boards out of that or whatever it is, and you want them all to be different. You don't want them to be all uniform. So when you stack them together against the wall. They're going to look like they're from different, you know, uh, different different boards from different trees or whatever. And then do another batch with a different shade of, of you know, your stain. So then you mix it up. And again, this is, you kind of have to have a plan from the beginning. If you obviously want a clean building, you know, you don't need to do all these extra steps. It's right. just one stain, one color, and you're done. But most of us like to, you know, add all this variety and weathering to it. Grime them up. So then the next, yeah. And then the next thing you can do, uh, you can take, say, the pastel powders or the pastel sticks, scrape them over the boards that are still taped to your cardboard. And again, do this randomly. Do a rust color, do a uh, dark gray color, and then blotch on some, some alcohol. And again, this is all about just layering up the boards uh, to give you, you know, some, some nice variety. Um, and then if you want to do a board that was painted, but was to appear peeled. Uh, you could do a technique that, that I've always learned from Sierra West. Brett uh, does this in all, most of his kits where he brushes, you know, he's got the boards weathered, but so you want um, white peeled paint, you know, the boards are painted white, but they're old. So you put on your stain and then you brush on mineral spirits and you kind of let them dry for maybe until basically until they're not shiny anymore, you know, there's still, it's probably only a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can kind of touch it with your finger and then put the white, put a white acrylic paint on top of that. Wait for that to air dry, maybe a minute, maybe two minutes, then take scotch tape, rub it down. Then you peel it up. And then the mineral spirits kind of makes this barrier between the wood and the paint, but it does it in a random way. So it looks like it's peeled off like real peeled paint. So that's, oh, nice. that's one way to get a peeled board. Now, if you don't want to do that, uh, it's, it's actually kind of hit and miss for me. I never get the same results. Um, not, that that's a, not that that's a bad thing, but I would prefer a little bit more consistency. You can do what I do on my clapboard walls, which is use the sponge, and you can sponge on it a color to make it look like it's peeled. Um, and again, I use the kitchen grout sponge, you know, the big yellow one, and I cut it up into little squares. And just kind of lightly tap on whatever color you want the boards to be, uh, you know. And for the, like a livery, uh, if you look at the phone, mostly red, but then I mix in some grays and some gray blue, uh, separate color boards, so it looks like things were repaired or you know boards fell off and they fixed them and they replaced them and stuff. I've um, seen you do that on, on yeah. a bunch of them where you take a board, just that one board. And it'd be like blue yeah. or, or peeled green or something like that. Yeah. It looks, yeah. It looks yeah. awesome. I do, yeah. I probably do it on all those, those, those situations, but, uh, it does. It makes it look like, you know, something's ha- you know, it's just, it breaks up the monotony of, you know, uh, you know, whatever it is, a 20 foot wall or whatever. Right. Um, sure. And it just, it, you know, that adds yet another layer of stuff to it. Right. So, uh, yeah. So that's, that's pretty much it for the boards. Um, I mean, you could, there's so many different ways you could go about it. Uh, you know, you could do the nail holes with a pin or a push pin or, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever you want. Uh, and then you can also, the boards, you know, you want to make a little nick in them. So when you butt them up together, it looks like there's a little tiny 
you know, there was a knot there and maybe it fell out. Um, and then once, once all that's done, you can go back with your wire brush, hit it again. You can dry brush on top of that. Um, but so I would, I would, I don't think I usually, I usually don't do the same technique twice. Um, <laughs> from from kit to kit just because it's fun and you come up with something new and um but you know that's it's it's a matter of just trying and practicing well yeah i mean Uh, that that 10 minute section there man if whoever's listening (laughs) you gotta get your pen and notepad out because you could jot down about 30 things i was doing (laughs) that same thing here that i like just even thinking about doing um you know burnt uh, a burnt umber paint with some mineral spirits and just making a wash. I know I've heard it a million times from other people too. And I just yeah. don't, I know I, every time I hear it, I'm like, Oh, I got to do that. And then I don't. So I made a post-it note on my workbench to do it next time I'm down here. Yeah. You know, burnt but, umber. You're talking and, about the burnt umber with uh, oil paints, correct? Yeah. Artist oils. Yeah. 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 Um, you could you could use that. You could use raw sienna, but the burnt umber for some reason is just right. Um, and it's gotta, you know, if you did say so you did a, yeah, good. I was gonna say it dries and it has just a different effect. I notice when it's done that color. Yeah, it does. It does. I guess the word is it's more, maybe it looks more natural than other colors. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, like, say you did it. Say you did a fence, a board by board fence, not boards on a building. You know, you could just do the bottom, like the bottom. You know, like thirty second inch in, in blotches, so you get the rot from the boards touching the ground and catching water and rain and stuff. Uh, and then add to that, you could add like the moss deposits, little blotches of that, and blend it with the mineral spirits. So now you have this between the burnt umber and the moss deposits. It's like the perfect combination for for like a rot of wood, um, you know, that's touching the ground or near the ground or or any. If you build any kind of wood pier, you know, with pilings and boards and planks, the burnt umber just go crazy, you know, and, and the moss deposits between the algae and the, and the, and the wood rot, those two colors are perfect. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did that you know, on one of your kits before on your directions, uh, with, um, uh, that was the fish one. The one that says fish on the Del-Gornio. side. Yeah. Dojorno fish. Dojorno. Dojorno. I said it like Dojorno. I think that's a spaghetti sauce. It's a pizza. Dojorno. It's actually from a, it's from one of the one of our customers, but yeah. Okay. Oh no, I said it. I said it wrong. I said it like the pizza. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you oh, did. Okay. Yep. So, so um, yeah, but yeah, I I did that on there according to your directions, and that's what that's what I was saying before. I mean, your directions are awesome, um, and they give you those hints. Um, but I I did it by following that along with that, and you said the burnt umber, you know, and that green that green color to give a the. The, the deposit, the moss deposits on it. It show the bottom of those yeah. boards rotten out, and uh, that's the first time I ever tried that. And I had a lot of fun doing that. And it's something you'll apply later on as well. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Once once you try one of these techniques, it kind of opens the door to so many other things. You know, like I mean, all the most of all this kind of weathering started for me because I liked modeling the waterfront. So right. then you figure out, well, how do you model the waterfront and how do you model low tide and algae and pilings and, you know, but then you can apply it to, to buildings that aren't near the water. I mean, right. You know, you name it. Sure. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of one, it's like one of those things that one thing leads to another. It, yeah. Is burnt, is burnt umber the color that you used when you were blotching? I know you, you're fond of the sponge effect and, <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm on a section right now where I'm doing, the uh, Rush Rock Falls on the, the Porter Arkwright Textile uh, Mill building, the big building, 
um, on the yeah. wall on the wall side it has the uh, the elevator whatever is what is that thing I, I didn't I'm not even oh, the, that the, close to being that. yeah the exterior elevator yeah right the exterior elevator um, on that yeah. top section you have some some boards that are uh, I guess they're it's um, oh for the gable part of the roof the yeah the gable the yeah that that wall and right yeah. where it meets the clapboard. There's a real good. It's a beautiful, cool texture you got with the uh, with the the dark on it, and I'm not sure what you use to do that, but I love how it looks. And I was sitting there. The, now that I got you here, and I'm to that point on this yeah. model, I'm going to use you and find out uh, how you got it. So that that's just that's another way of doing. Um a peeled paint on, on a clapboard that that particular wall is ascribed, just ascribed wall. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's stained with alcohol and ink, but, uh, I actually don't use alcohol and ink too much anymore. I use the underlying driftwood stains usually or something like that. Uh, then I sponge on the white acrylic paint and then where that, where it's Brown, where it meets that other clapboard wall, where I want it to look like the paint's off, uh, fading off. I just sponged on a tan colored paint, like a linen, or uh, off-white, mm-hmm. or even a concrete color, you know, like a, whatever I use for sidewalks as well. So that's all there is. So, so it looks like there's wood, bare wood showing through. Gotcha, and you gotcha. Just, just, yeah, yeah. And then there, there's probably some chalk streaking down from the windows on top of that that crosses over the scribed and the clapboard that kind of makes it look more natural and, and yeah, blend it, it all together. It's, it's really dark, and I was like, how do you get that that dark? And I'm, and I'm, I'm looking, is he using a tan... And it doesn't look like a tan. It looks more, it's darker than that, you know? And um, yeah, it was just perfectly placed. It's probably, a, an earth, it's an earth tone, basically. Okay. So any okay. any kind of earth, uh, you know, and it's one of the, the acrylic paints from Michaels. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can get it from AK or MIG. They have that whole wood set. Right. Um, and they have, like, five shades, like timber, Fresh yep. wood, old wood, rotted wood, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I had that set, and uh, but you know, and what's funny is when you're when you're building them, um, and I like to uh, obviously I weather everything before I put it together, uh, before I mm-hmm. you, know, you know put the structure together or start building it or uh, erecting it. Um, when I usually do a lot of my weathering before the windows go in. But it looks to me like yeah. you did some of the weathering here with the windows, or was that afterwards, uh, with the windows in? Um, the only weathering I do after the windows are in are like a like a dark brown chalk streak from one side of the window or the other side. Okay. And to to me, that's just some like window rot that's going down, right? Uh, you know, vertically from the the vertical parts of the window. Or I use a rust color. You know, if there's nails that are rusting, you can do you mix it up with the brown or the rust. Yeah. So I, I, I don't want. Now, when when you're weathering and you have no windows in, which is how I usually do it, I don't know if you feel this way, but when I'm doing it, I usually after I'm all done, it all looks great. Once I'm done, I put the windows in. But when you're doing it without yeah. the windows in it and you're looking at it, to me, it always it doesn't, look always, right. it doesn't look right at all. Yeah. yeah, it looks really dumb, and you're like, <laughs> this is going to be awful. This is this is going to be absolutely yeah. awful. You know, and and now yeah. I'm all worried that yeah. when I put it together, it's going to be terrible, and uh, it yeah. ends up looking nice, you know. But it's it's uh, I didn't know if I'd be the only one that gets that way. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I 
I think I told you this on one of the podcasts before. I, I hate the whole thing until like the last barrel or the last <laughs> chimney's put in. Yeah. It doesn't yep. look right. You know, I'm like, this, 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 this is a piece of trash. I go, this going to wreck it. But now somehow you, said, you get through it. You said you use a, the sponge. Well, I've been using a sea sponge lately. I know Brett likes using sea sponges. Sometimes the holes are too uh-huh. big. You get really you get these really oh, weird. That's because you're buying not you're not buying the right sponges. Oh, most sponges you yeah, use. Yeah, I would never use a sea sponge. I would never use a sea sponge. I would use okay. a grout sponge. A grout sponge. Yeah, go to, go, yeah, yeah. Go to the go to the tile and flooring aisle in the Home Depot or Lowe's. Yeah, it's a big. It's like a it's like a giant brick sized sponge. You can I cut think off I'm going go there. I'm going or, there tomorrow. I'm going there tomorrow. Yeah. It's just one of the few stores that's open. <laughs> so you can do that, or this yeah. is going to sound really funny, um, but where they <laughs> where I got my two I have two of my prized sponges. I'm sure you guys are like that with things like paintbrushes or sponges. There's like two that I constantly okay. I constantly go back to those two. But um, we're at the pet store for something, and uh, I in the hermit cra- where the hermit crab stuff is. They have sponges that, like, the hermit crabs, I guess, drink from. I don't know. I don't, I don't know oh, if okay. that's what that – I don't know if that's yeah. a technical thing, but they're in the hermit crab section, and they were a fine – a very fine natural sponge, and they're not like the big holes of a sea sponge. Um, yeah. And that's what I use. Yeah, as long as, long as the holes are small. I mean, you know, obviously <laughs> the, the big sea sponge is too, it's too big. Or even, sure. even worse is the, the synthetic sponge. That's oh not yeah, real. You know, like a kitchen kitchen sponge doesn't work really too no. well for me. No, uh, but a grout yeah. sponge. I did. You are right on that, Doug. A grout sponge is perfect. Yeah, for whatever reason, that's just the right size and and works. So okay. And you said and, yeah, you cut you it up into two, little two, squares. Two. Yeah, I just take I take my um, you know I have a razor blades uh, my pocket kind of thing pocket knife with razor blade and then just cut yeah. it into one inch cubes or whatever. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, or a box cutter. And you can buy buy two of them to last you like three years, you know. As long as you remember to wash out your sponge. When you <laughs> it once oh, you I never do. No, I just, I, oh, yeah? <laughs> no, I just saw if you, well, if you have the cube, you, you really have six sides. Six <laughs> just keep, you know, just keep you rotating. Stand, you're, not, you're not loading. Yeah, you're not loading it up with paint, so you can kind of get a lot out of it. And then I'll even rip that in half, and you get some more. You know, I mean, until totally right. like and you can barely, barely pick it up. Oh, um, wow. But it, what's, what's also good for if you, if you have something really small, um, say you're doing like the trucks on a box car, mm-hmm. you can rip a rip a piece that's like a quarter inch big and grab it with a tweezer because you can't grab it with your fingers, and you right. can dab on some paint with the tweezer and use the sponge that way as well. Oh, so that's a cool can, idea too. <laughs> Yeah, it's so really tiny stuff like handrails, like metal handrails, and you want to do some rust on it. You know, it's it's too the big cube sponges. Just it's going to obliterate right. the paint job. So you just want like the, the tiniest piece you can pick up with a tweezer. Oh wow! Yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. something I haven't tried. I've tried a lot of the sponges. I haven't tried the grout sponge. I'm going to, um, but uh, I've not tried to break, rip it up into smaller pieces like that and done little things. I'm going to have to try that. Wow, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for castings, little detail parts, you name it, mm-hmm. you know, anything small. Yeah. That's so. cool. So, um, yeah. on, on, I was building recently your, um, uh, it's a, you know, it's out of production kit. It is the JJ Hollander's, uh, oh, uh, man. boxing that gym. Came out so, 
Yeah, you did, you did an amazing job on that thing. Oh, thank oh, you. I, I had a lot. I'll be honest with you. I had it was. You know, you had this kits that you build and you think I, I enjoy this, but there's you know, and it might be a big one, a big monster kit, and you're building it. You think this is great and all, but uh, it, that's not a very big kit. It's a nice kit. It's, it's very, it's very full. Uh, it's a medium sized uh-huh. kit, um, but it, it was one of the most enjoyable kits I've tried to build. Or you know, it, yeah. not so much for difficulty level. I don't think it was overly hard. Um, it was just, yeah. it was just a lot of fun because it was so much. There's so much involved with it, and uh, it's it's a scene within a scene within a scene, and it was yeah. really cool. Now, um, the stucco walls uh, that we did, um, I did them with the uh, Durham's Rock Hard Water Putty. You gave a little packet with it, and it was it was plenty to to do the model. Yeah. Um, but I also have uh, my own container up here of the stuff, and I had, I up until that point, I had been scared to death to try the stuff, um, and um, I just just never worked with it before. And uh, yeah. my my question is, um, when you paint it, and and whether it, how do you, what do you do? Do you do anything different when you when you're weathering with that than what you do with you know obviously that you you do other than. The, the wood walls, but how would you go about weathering this? Uh, well, for the st- any kind of stucco, um, and I also use um, if you use you can use the AK concrete mm-hmm. like a wall finish. Oh, you know, spackle oh. it on. If you tra- travel it on with a palette knife as well, you can get a really thin, smooth texture to it, uh, and it's already mixed, which is what's great about it. You know, right out of the jar. Right. But sure. uh, like uh, like you see the gas station on the uh, Red Rock, the Rust Rock Falls kit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's all stucco, and it's the same same idea. But I, I would just I just brush on uh, the driftwood stain, and and then I just just dry brush it a little bit, and then where there's window openings and stuff, I'll do the you know like a rusty streak down the corner from the window or whatever. But it's it's mostly just the driftwood stain. Oh, and, okay. And dry brushing. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And you can also do um, you can do a. Um, Take some white white uh, weathering chalk and do some cracks, and then from the cracks, because usually there's brick or a concrete block behind it, it gives off that. Um, I think it's called effervescence. Effervescence, um, yeah. Some, yeah, it's a it's a it's some 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 white uh, powder that that gets streaked down the side of the wall. So you could use some white chalk for that too. I only know it's effervescence because in your directions it says effervescence. <laughs> oh, just okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I uh, I'm like, it was a, it was like vocab. It was like I was back in high school getting a vocab lesson, and uh, yeah. but <laughs> I'm sure, no. I'm sure I looked it up at the time too because I didn't know how it was. So. But uh, it, yeah, it, you know, it, it was a, a lot of fun to work with, and when you're first working with that Durham's water putty. And you're you're you know yeah. basically is it stipple or stipple 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 stipple. Uh, stipple yeah yeah when I stipple that on to the to the wall it was um, you're looking at it and you're like oh this is just like it's like white muddy crap and and, it looks and like, it's, it looks terrible yeah yeah it does and it doesn't look like you cover it doesn't look like I have enough to cover it over you know and you're like ah oh, uh-huh. man is there enough there and then it starts to dry and it gets that you know that the white it you know you're seeing cardboard through it before you I don't think it was cardboard right I don't, what was the uh, whole thing? Uh, map 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 board, map board. yeah it was a map board yeah and uh, and I'm yeah. still seeing the map board showing through and I'm like ah this is not going to be good <laughs> and then 
and you know, and you wait for you left. I left the room and I came back and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing! It's amazing! It was it was so cool." And uh, so now I'm not afraid to use the Durham's water putty. I bought. I it use and, it. I've used a ton of it since I bought the yeah. can. <laughs> yeah, that can yeah, will last you forever. Can will last you a while. Yeah, if you got the big one yep. at the Home uh-huh. Depot or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like three bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I really appreciated that you recreated the bloody towel in the window. Oh, I did, I, that was so. I I didn't even see that until near the end, and I was like, "Oh, look, he's he has a thing about putting a bloody towel in there. It was so perfect." And uh, you know, Brett and I are sportsy guys, so that was kind of like it, it had to I've do seen, it. I, and I've seen more fights from yeah. hockey games. I, I my life was hockey for twenty years, so I've seen uh-huh. lots of bloody towels. So I, you know, I was like, "This is perfect," you know. And um, yeah, yeah, it was that was great. Yeah. <laughs> what a wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's very, piece of, yeah, it's very very rare you get to replicate blood for any kind of Ichijo model, you know. <laughs> as far as like a... Yeah, and if I I took it to work and I showed some people at work and because it's just a small diorama right now, so I I'm, we're gonna just drop it fit it right into our layout. But um, when, yeah. when we're ready to do that, and but I took the piece into work and I showed some people there because there's a, there's one or two people uh, that actually like seeing it, and the other people could give a damn. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they. <laughs> I showed them and they, they were like, and I showed them the little, they didn't notice it. They didn't notice the, the bloody towel till I showed them. And I go, oh, that's so neat, you know. Uh, that was, that's yeah. really truly unique. I, I, I even put one on the clothesline as well. Um, it oh, was cool. not, it wasn't, it, it was a little pinky. She couldn't get all the blood out of it. Anyhow, um, <laughs> yeah, great yeah. directions. And, and, and it's so cool that you, that you do that. Um, when you're, when you're weathering um, the, uh, you know, fine details like uh, metal castings and such. And you sell a lot of metal castings now too. Um, yeah. The the metal castings, uh, once you paint them, and we talked about that before, how you paint metal castings, you talked about that. Um, but do you do anything else to bring out or weather them or bring out highlights on them once you paint them? I mean, how, how do you go about that? Uh, yeah, um, it's, I mean, there's a couple of steps. You obviously you paint it the color you want. Say we're talking about an oil drum, um, and we painted paint painted red, and we maybe even do the white stripe. You know, all the barrels have different colors sometimes, depending sure. on what's in them. So you could do a white band in the middle. Uh, the simplest way to do it to, to give it a little bit of weathering would be, of course, to dry brush it white. Um, but you know, unless you really you've got your dry brushing down, it's kind of uh, you're taking a chance dry brushing the castings because if you're not doing it correctly, you're going to see giant brush strokes, right? Yeah, yeah. So you get all the paint off, like 97% of the white paint off your brush on yep. a piece of scrap, and then you hit just barely hit the edges of the oil drum. But better than that would be to don't even dry brush your castings. Take the oil drum, take the burnt umber, mix it with, you know, get a nice wash with the mineral spirits and just kind of hit it with the the brush and it'll let it just bleed all over the, the casting and it just yeah. gives it a rusty tint tint to it mm-hmm. you know um and that that by itself is fine you can stop there but if you want some rough spots um they're too small to paint so this is where you use kind of like a toothpick and you can take your brush and you splatter you you flick the brush onto the toothpick and it makes this fine spray like you know it's like you like if you have a toothbrush and you, you hit it and you have toothpaste on it, you're going to get a fine mist of you know toothpaste. So it's the same idea. You're right. just flicking your brush on the toothpaste, I mean on the toothpick with the burnt umber, and then you get these tiny little spots. 
Oh, that's a cool idea that, too. Yeah. And then, and if you have a steady hand after that, you know, you've got the four rims or ribs of the barrel or the drum. Mm-hmm. That's where the paint's going to come off the most because it's protruding from the surface of the drum. Hit that with, with a brush if you have a steady hand. Mm-hmm. And then you can either leave, leave it like that or just take, take a brush, put it in mineral spirits, but get most of the mineral spirits off and then dab it on those edges. And some of them will bleed, some of them won't. So you, you want them to bleed vertically. So you've got this rusty kind of drippy barrel. Um, okay. And then, you know, so that, but you can apply that to, to say it's a palette, a metal palette casting. Mm-hmm. Just right. paint it a tan wood color and then just brush on the burnt umber. And you've got, you know, if the casting has some detail, it'll find its way into all the grain of the metal or whatever. And, uh, do oh, that. that's so cool. it's, that's the simplest way. It's just hit it with a wash of burnt umber and then hit it with a flick of burnt umber and you've got a rusty thing, you know, a rusty object. Um, Brother, are, you seeing, are, you seeing, are you seeing a pattern here, Brett? Yes. I think, I think Doug runs out burnt of umber? burnt umber quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like kind of like uh, George telling us we talked to, we talked with him about uh, using the uh, the India ink wash. He uses it on absolutely yeah. everything. Um, oh, but, he's probably got gallons of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it just creates the the yeah. like we talked about earlier. It creates such an uh, a such a natural color. I use it. I use it a lot now too. So don't make fun yeah. of them too much. Yeah. And you can, you, yeah, you, you can buy, you can buy either the, the, as one ounce tubes, the, the small artist ones, or you can get it in a six, I think it's seven ounce tube. It's a pretty big, hefty tube and it'll last you a lifetime. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so, uh, I never, I a couple other shades. Piece, a tube of that too. Cause I have, what I have in burnt umber right now is just your, craft acrylic paints and then of course the oil paints uh but i'm gonna have to try and get uh i'm gonna have to get a tube of that yeah. stuff and, and if you want to mix it up you can you can get get the burnt umber you can get burnt sienna you can get raw sienna you can get raw umber you can also get a, another brown called van dyke brown which is very similar but a little different from the burnt umber it's a little lighter and with that variety you'll have a lot of you know you <laughs> It'll look more natural if you're using more than one color on everything. You know, if you do everything in burnt umber, it's going to look, might look a little right. strange if you're a little heavy handed with it, but. Sure. No. Now on, we were talking about, uh, about detail parts and things like, uh, I found that, uh, like wood, uh, crates and things like that. I've, I've sprayed them with the, uh, for the primer base, um, with the camouflage khaki. Yeah. And, the khaki, uh, yep. Yeah, and I think I got that from Brett Gallant as well. Uh, that idea, and then you—I I just took like um like an off-white color after it dried, and I just basically did a, a real fine dry brushing on it, and it really uh-huh. bring highlights it out a little bit. Now, I, I on the castings and things we talk about. You know, you, you talked about washes and things like that on figures and stuff. I paint a lot of figures. Um, uh, yeah. I hear everybody saying about you know. You know, after you're done painting your figure, you need to doll down the tones on your on your on them. And I, I honestly, I I never do. I paint them and then I just leave them like that. Yeah, well, I, I don't really paint any of my figures anyway. I, I buy the pre-painted ones. But, okay. <laughs> um, but but I, but I but I will I will I will modify them a little bit because sometimes mm-hmm. you know if it's a, if it's a, if it's a guy with suspenders that are blue, his yeah. shirt's also the same color, which is kind of lame. Yeah. So I got to use either a, a, a different color shirt, and I'll paint the shirt. But then 
I'll just, I, I kind of do what George Celios does. He used to do was again, it's the alcohol and ink wash mm-hmm. just to, just to kill the colors a little bit. Right. Um, and I, I just, I don't have the patience or the interest in painting, you know, eyes on, on an HO scale figure or anything. <laughs> so it's just, you're, you know, you're not, you're not really going to see him anyway. Right. Um, right. And that's exactly right. So, you know, and George told us yeah. that when we were up there visiting, uh, that weekend and he said, uh, I asked him about all the figures and he goes, I, he said, I don't paint them. He said, it takes, yeah. take way too much, <laughs> I take way too much time. Yeah. He said, uh, he said I, yeah. I'd rather spend my time building than worrying about painting figures. So, uh, yeah, I mean, unless, unless you're doing military models, one thirty six scale or bigger, yeah. you know, it's not, it's, you're not going to get any, I don't know. You're not going to get any more out of it than right. you're already there. Yeah. And the same with vehicles. He, he just, he has Dan Raymond build all his vehicles. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. Dan, Dan, Dan builds them for me as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he just put a whole mess of new ones out online, and they were just gorgeous this last week. Uh, he did a bunch. Yeah, but, yeah he's, he's a great guy. Um, so, um, uh, Brett, do you have any questions on weathering? More questions on weathering for him? Yeah. Um, so we did. We've hit you with what we asked you about weathering, but yeah, I wanted to ask you what you enjoy the most about weathering like what is the thing whether it's a specific type of weathering whether if it's roofs or walls or uh, metal parts whatever it is what's like the thing that you get the most joy out of when you get to just make something look really crusty looking yeah it's it's probably something on the waterfront and it's probably the seawall you know Uh, the concrete wall that's got low tide and the tides out so you've got the muck line the algae line uh-huh. Um, I've probably, I've probably revisited that the most out of all in the last 20 years over and over again to get it better and better and better. Nice. Um, and, uh, I think I, I posted this last year, probably a year ago or so I, I started building my layout and there's a little waterfront area and I did a concrete wall and I cast the wall myself out of plaster, but then I broke it and then kind of put it back together. So mm-hmm. it looked like it's just cracked and broken. Um, and that's just a series of, I start with, uh, a, um, a concrete color, you know, like the chalk paint that I've mentioned before, probably, or any kind of concrete color, like the, uh, woodland scenics concrete or, um, you know, polyscale used to make concrete. Uh, but on top of that, do three other shades of grays and tans and just kind of brush them on and blend them in. And, but basically what, what I've learned over and over again is, I, my mistakes were anyway in the beginning were that I was painting weathering, that I was using a mm. paintbrush to paint on weathering and you don't, you, I think you apply weathering because once you start painting something, you think of like you're painting a house and you're painting the trim in the room and the molding. It's nothing like that at all. Cause right. you really want this, you know, the whole layering idea of just, just trans, some of it's transparent. So you can see the other color under the other color and they do that three or four times until you build it up. And the seawall, for some reason, to me, is like the, the, the epitome of all that because you've got concrete, which is a thing by itself that has all kinds of weathering you can do. But then you've got water and the low tide and the muck. And then if you put some timbers in front of that, you've got some wood, and then you've got a wood of the wood. So it's, it's very easy to make it, at this point for me anyway, to make it as realistic as possible. Right. And uh, even if the modeling around it is suffering a bit, this kind of, you know, your eye will go to the wall before the other stuff. 
I, uh, anyway, so that's what I like to do. I love seeing the pictures you put up of the different types of walls you've done, um, concrete walls. I know you've done some where they're just, you did a few where it's the styrofoam, um, and you, yeah. you know, yep. you would just cut it right and get that in and paint them with a gray. Um, and you did a few, what was the one you did where you stuck metal wire coming out of it? Like the rebar was sticking out. That That's the one oh, with the crumbling yeah, wall. That's the scene. Yeah. He yeah, showed us that when we were up there. Yeah, yeah. That one, that's just awesome. Yeah, that's, um, that's a technique uh, my friend Dennis Gordon uh, showed me how to do. And to me, it changes like like a light, uh, you know, light went off for that one, where he, he cast his own walls. Uh, so you say you build a, a mold, like a box, you know, on foam core. It's a quarter inch high. The walls say it's an inch and a half high and it's eight inches long. Mm-hmm. So you've got this formwork. And, and, you know, traditionally I would just pour plaster in it and be done with it, pull out the plaster, and then you carve in cracks, and that's nice. But he, he likes, he, he models a lot of, um, everything he models is completely abandoned. Every window is boarded up, you know, there's no people. So he likes a lot of concrete crumbling walls. So what he does is takes like uh, gravel or sand that's got a different, all the, all the stones are different sizes. They're really small, of course. You can't just use like ballast because all the ballast is the same size. You got to go, just go out in the yard and get some random dirt. Yeah. He'll, he'll just make some random piles just and, and sprinkle them inside the mold of this box. You pour the plaster in. You, could, you don't have to, but I do. You can secure the, the little piles of dirt and stuff and leave some loose. Uh, with some like the same way you'd secure a ballast with like wet water glue. Yeah, right. Um, and basically, so you create a texture, and then you pour the pour the plaster in or the hydrocal, and when you pull it out, you, the dirt's going to be embedded in the plaster, but you can remove it with your finger. And once you do, it makes like the most realistic crumbling concrete wall you've ever seen, and it even leaves some of the gravel in it, so it looks like there's aggregate from the concrete inside the wall. Uh, and that's what I've been doing lately. And and this, this my friend Dennis has came up with this technique, and it's that's it, so cool. There's nothing else like it. I mean, there's no other way to get that effect. You know, you can't carve it yourself. Yeah. You know, because of all all the little pieces of gravel and the texture from that. Sure. Um, so it's it's a really cool way to 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 get to get the texture. So, and then on top of that, so yeah, so right out of right off the bat it comes out looking weathered because it's got this scale texture to it. It's not just a flat slab. Right. Once you start painting it, you know, you can go nuts and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And then lately I've been doing that on my, my layout, but it's, it's the seventies in New York. So I've been putting graffiti on top of that. So it looks even better, you know, it looks really cool. And, and you put like, like Brett was saying for the rebar, you just put like some wire, you stick some wire into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, point. Point zero one zero wire, so it's pretty okay. thin. Um, yeah. Usually in my kits, it's the for the if you use like the tissue ramps, it's point zero twenty. This is a half size smaller, you know, or, okay. or whatever. Um, so it's really fine, and mm-hmm. you just kind of just stick them in there, bend them, put some rust chalk on them, and, and they look great. Oh, that's a cool idea. You you know, this part of the show is going to probably get rewound and rewound and rewound <laughs> again. <laughs> Same but, with that other <laughs> segment back there. Going to be hitting the back button. Yeah. No, uh, that's too cool. Yeah, well, if you want, I can I can send you a picture so that I can refer to the picture if you want to put a picture up. Just that'd be to, sweet. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be an awesome of, idea. Kind of see what we're, see what we're talking about. Um, that would but yeah, but that's, awesome. that's that's probably my favorite thing to to weather. I mean, the buildings, of course, are fun, but um, um, I don't know something about the the ocean and the water and the 
tide and the junk and the <laughs> it's it's uh it's too much fun so definitely um yeah i did that was my main that was like my big one because i wanted to hear what got you ex- you def- we definitely excited you on that one because you went crazy with your answer that was great um but i knew there was something like that was your thing that you liked to do and and i forgot about those concrete walls yeah. you did they were cool the walls you did were cool and you also had that highway overpass um i think that was you and you yeah. you, you hand yeah. you, you yeah. hand cast those those cement columns oh the big the big piers yeah. yeah i haven't finished the deck i, I kind of built the deck out of mat board but i'm not happy with it so i have to redo that um but the piers themselves turned out well and, and again i you know i applied the same kind of weathering it's stains uh lay you know three different colored gray and concrete paints and then some streaky rust and um these these of course have graffiti on the bottom because they're you know uh down by the tracks and stuff but uh yeah those are fun too nice yeah um let's do a few questions here um yeah, let's do that let me get down here all right first one that was message to me from Jim Lasseter. So this is a good one. It's not about weathering. Some of them are weathering, but this one's not. Um, for all the years... That, this one's for Doug specifically. All the years you've been research. I'm sorry. Let me restart this whole thing. From Jim Lasseter. For all the years you've been releasing all these great models, have you ever considered posting uh, like a library of all of your old stuff from your Craftsman kits? that are no longer available, but for people to see, uh, kind of like a photo reference, um, gallery. Oh yeah. Um, no, that's a great idea. Um, I mean, all the, all the sold out limited run stuff and yeah. discontinueds and stuff like that. Yeah. I just, it's a matter of finding the pictures, and, <laughs> you know, somebody, I, I, I was even, I was even looking for some of my pictures of the, the boxing gym. Once you started building it, cause I wanted to, I was, I'm, con- um, I'm considering re-releasing the kit, so I wanted to see if I could find everything. Oh, that um, would be! I think it would go over great. I, I, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, maybe maybe I bugged you on the show. Twenty-five of them. I I bugged you on the show in the past about re-releasing. <laughs> 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 we were we were at that uh, uh, the Timonium last year, and uh, the yeah, yeah. gentleman that shows up at the expo all the time. It sells. I can't remember his name. He sells all the the out of production kits there, and he has a great oh, John, selection. John John Mattinson. Yeah. yeah, John. That's it. And he he has a yeah. and he, and his prices are very reasonable for what he's you know for everything. Yeah. And uh, he yeah. had that kit, and it was in this it was in this beat up looking box. And I've been searching for this <laughs> thing online, and you know never never for sale. It's always out whenever uh, you know somebody was selling it yeah. or it was auctioned somewhere, and and it was it was it was gone. And we walked, I was walking around. It was like the only last half hour of the day that I had because we, we didn't get a chance to, to do anything. We were talking all the time at our table uh, with, with our listeners. And, and so I'm, I walked by and I saw this beat up. It was beat the shit box. It was bad. And I was like, oh, yeah. man. It even had some tape on it. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I wonder if it's all in yeah. there, you know? And then uh, John yeah. John said, I, sh- "I assure you, it's all." And it was. It was all in there. It was all great. And um, he said, I, yeah. don't, "I don't know where he said he picked up the box and he got the kit." And uh, so I, I I bought it. I mean, I had to because yeah. I've been searching <laughs> so long for it. And uh, that was back in November. And then I, at the time, I was still working on that Baxter's uh, building supply kit from George. 
and um, yeah. it was, and, and that just took me forever. And I would love that too, by the way. I love building that, but but um, <laughs> but the whole time it was sitting over on the shelf, and it was going, yeah, "Build me, build me, build me." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, after after Christmas there, around Christmas time, I dug it out and mm-hmm. went to town on it. But yeah, but um, it was uh, yeah. That that's a great kit. I think it would sell well if you re-released it. I think there's yeah. several kits you have that would. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying you're ones that are limited edition. There's a reason they're limited edition or limited. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this I, this was a small one, and it's. Uh, I think it's 17 years ago now. So. Right. Right. Um, and that and it was and, be fun to do it again. And you could right. always release it, like, part two. Like change right. it a little so the people that have yeah. the original one, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's that's different. True. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's do a couple more, qu- but it would be cool to see an old gallery of like things mm-hmm. you might not ever release yeah, again, but I, just I some, yeah. you have to dig back yeah. through your old archives though. I'm sure. Cause, cause your work, it, it, your, your buildings, <clears throat> uh, your buildings are, are great. We all, we love to build them and buy them. And so does everybody else. But one of the things and the key points to your buildings and the w- reason why they uh, I think a lot of the reason why it helps them sell is how you do photograph them and build them and weather them and, as a mm-hmm. as a builder and an artist as well as a yeah. as a kit manufacturer. Um, you you your photos are inspiring. I've taken ideas and thoughts on how you weathered and painted things on one building and use them as inspiration for building on another building. And I'm sure that lots of other people have done that as well. So I think a gallery would be an awesome idea just for that, for that simple fact that, you know, people could look at it and go, wow, you know what I could do, I could try and do something along that lines, you know? Yeah. So I'll take, I'll try and see what I can dig up. All right. Next one is from Matthew Hankins. What's more fun for you to design, Doug? Large multi-building kits or small individual buildings? That's going to be tough for you, I bet. Uh, it is tough. Um, I mean, I've, obviously, I like uh, like all of it, but um, yeah, no, I would say the bigger kits, of course, just because it's 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 more of a challenge for me, and it's a bigger puzzle to kind of fit together. And right when it all when it's all done it's very satisfying you know there's more Um, logistically that goes into it too yeah yeah Uh, but that's not to say the small ones are fun too because you you've only got this limited footprint say it's you know two by three inches it's like how do you make two by three inches interesting you know that's also it's almost as hard uh, you know um so it's uh it's there's there's some that uh, i'll work on for literally 10 years you know like the, the rust rock falls kit that the long mill building I have that sketch from like 2007 and I could never get it right until a year ago, you know? So, um, there, there, it's an ongoing thing. Um, <laughs> some, sometimes, you, you, yeah, but sometimes you can hit it in a day, you know, you figure it out in a day yeah. and sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 10 years, you know? <laughs> a decade well, or a day. Who knows? Uh, I, I'm telling you what, just yeah, building yeah. rush rock walls, rush, rush rock falls and and working with the walls and stuff and i'm looking at it all and i'm trying to you know i'm, I'm as i'm building it here and i'm trying to map out how i'm going to do it but um i you know i'm i i look at it and thinking what the hell was he thinking how where did he even come up with this in this configuration of how this building's built uh with all the different yeah. you know roof lines and wall heights and 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 then on top yeah. of it, I'm compounding it, making it worse because 
you know I'm I'm you know I'm kit bashing this thing with uh, yeah. Jeff yeah. Groves uh, uh, yacht basin, and uh, that's yeah. going to go off the back end on the other side on the on the end where the elevator is on the back side of that wall. Uh-huh. Um, it's going to extend out the other direction off of there. Yeah, and and I'm sitting there now thinking how I'm going to do this because I'm committed to doing it, but it's a nightmare because. You you have put so much thought into how this is constructed, and hmm. uh, so so when I'm looking at it now, I'm like, um, I I, I don't want to. I'm going to have to build yours first, and then add the other one onto the back end, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. and build his separately, and then fit them together. Um, and I, <laughs> but I, I the hard part was trying to find the wall to put it on because I don't want to take anything away from. Hmm. The wall. You're afraid to do that. Yeah, you know, that's for me. It's a big leap. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, that's that's it. it it's it, how you come up with your big ideas on those things. Is it blows my mind how you put them together. So yeah. yeah thanks. Thanks. It's it's uh, it's some. I don't want to say it's a painful experience, but it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's I you know the better word is frustrating. It's trying because. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes your your brain works differently than your hand with your pencil or whatever, and you can't get out the idea the way you think about it. And it's a it's a that point where it does work. It's kind of it's kind of like magic when it happens, actually. You know, because um, right up, you know, like this, like I said, this one took ten years. And you're like, really, I couldn't crack this in ten years. It's not that complicated. Yeah, you know, uh, but, but for whatever reason, you know. Uh, yeah. It just it just worked out finally. So. And, and you know what? It's it obviously a you know it worked for you because it's it's a it's a gorgeous it's a gorgeous structure. And uh, right. thank you for sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, all right, and Brett. Brett's building a big one now. Well, he's I he's am finishing up. Well, I'm not even close. I'm like halfway. <laughs> but I got the buildings mostly. I got all the buildings done. Yeah, kind of, but. Even then, I'm not even done because I gotta do a million detail parts with it too. I mean, it's great. So, I actually kit bashed, uh, and then we'll get into the next question. I just kit bashed um, a, a, a random old building that we had into the terminal kit, Doug. Um, what what building was that one, Dad? Where was that kit originally from? That was a Bar Mills. Um market uh, it was like it, a market it was a butcher shop of some kind yeah and uh but and uh i yeah there's yeah. like a barn looking structure that went with this and we separated them because the market part actually fit better into our city and in this we had this barn building we didn't we had no idea what to do with this stupid barn building like what i shouldn't say stupid because yeah. it's a cool building but you know i was like but my, it didn't fit the city. my dad and i kept like thinking where are we gonna put this thing because it looks awesome but it just doesn't belong anywhere. And finally, yeah. I was working on this with my dad the other day. We, well, not here, but we had a marathon session the other night. And uh, I found the place for this building. And I'm, I've, I've wedged it in between the um, Canal Street Market and the, the livery or the livery. Um, yeah, I bumped out the market from yeah. the from the livery just a little bit, and this building's in L shape. Yeah, and it wraps around. It wraps around in between the barn. I mean, the livery and the uh-huh. market, and it wraps around the backside of the market. It's going to be 
It's cool. Yeah. Like it's one of those moments where you stick them together and you go, Oh my God, yeah. that's it. <laughs> so, um, I finally found a place. It was a meat warehouse. What's that, Doug? Oh, I was going to say, that's that magic moment where it actually works. And you're like, oh, damn, that's awesome. Yeah, and for four years, we've been figuring out, like the last three or four years, we're like, what am I going to do with this building? This doesn't fit anywhere. We've had it in like eight different (laughs) places. It's a a great kit. You know, uh, it's obviously a great kit. It was just... We bought it, and it's it's one of those ones you, you you build, and you go, oh well, where 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 now? Yeah, you know, but it just doesn't. Yeah. It, it the city scene, it didn't fit. So, anyways, but I just had to throw that in there. So, next one uh, from and Lynn was asking if the virus is affecting the way you, uh, your produce your production and everything is working. We kind of covered that earlier, um, and it is it is yeah. affecting everybody. So. Um, Oh sure. We don't need to. I mean, it's it's affecting everyone's shipping, supplies, um, but yeah, we've gone over that before. Um, we don't need to hit that too much. The next one is from Dazzy J. What projects are in the pipeline for you with um, FOS scale models? I know you have some new stuff you had said coming out. So, um, is there anything? Yeah. Well, like we said, we got. Yeah, I'm working. Well, I'm working on the next big kit. Um, nice. For the okay. summer. Uh, you know, um, and of course, it's all depending on what happens uh, when it comes out and stuff. I know, you know if uh, it's the right time, to, right time to do it. But I've got that kind of all sketched up um, and putting it into the computer, and I'll start building the, the pilot model for that soon. It's exciting. So that's that's going to occupy. Yeah, that's going to be. Uh, you know, that's that's the biggest project of the year. So um, I'll be I'll be working on that. Probably take me three months to build it. And oh my god! I can't so, wait. So well. They, I mean, it, it, it's not a three-month project. It's not, you know, I'm still making other kits, so it's not right. full-time three months. But, you know, uh, it'll take three months the way I, the way I lay it out. Right. But uh, that's that's the biggest, the biggest project at the moment. Um, so, Hey, I um, got a question for you along that lines. You didn't put it on um, the page. Yeah. It doesn't, I didn't no, put it, just I kidding. Didn't, I'm kidding. kidding. It doesn't count, right? <laughs> but um, now, now, you also, you know, you also have your horses and your farm. And yeah. and you do all that work as well, and I know that's hard work, and you must have to get up early. You have the animals to take care of, and everything else. Um, and and yeah, and of course you have a, a big, beautiful home and, and and farm that needs to take your work. How, where do you? How do you? And where do you fit your time in to do that? Do you do a lot of this in the evenings or the daytimes, or you know, how do you make it all uh, combine it? How do you work it? Um, well, we have, we have help with the horses. We do have a, a barn hand that lives here, mm-hmm. um, that, that does, you know, a few days a week and we do, you know, a couple days like on the weekends and stuff. So we kind of split the chores that way, but it's in the morning. Uh, you know, we feed them at like six o'clock in the morning. Then you put them out into the fields, uh, clean the stalls. That takes about an hour. It's not a lot. You know, it's okay. not that much time. Right. And then at the end of the day, we bring them back in, feed them again. It's another 45 minutes or more so um but just the more time consuming thing is just the you know maintenance and cleaning paddocks and uh fixing fences and you know horses are big so they break everything all the time and you know there's lots of repairs sure um, but yeah it's 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 uh you know it's one of those things that if you love doing it it's not a lot of work you know yeah right um so it's uh it's just, yeah it's the fun it's kind of the fun I, I, when we went up to visit you, I, I, I got that feeling that, wow, his hands are full. 
you know, uh, you know, you see the shop and you see everything you're building. And, and I know, you know, you're yeah. designing this you, at the time you were designing Rush Rock Falls. You were actually uh, about done with it. And, um, yeah. you know, it, but it was and that was around June. And I'm thinking, how does he do that between the time he released the the, the last one and June? <laughs> yeah. And that means he's all he was. It was mid June and you're almost done with it. And I'm like, and, and on top of that, I'm, you know, I'm seeing the farm and the gorgeous horses and, and all the work you put into all your other aspects of filling out kits and everything else. And I was like, mm. is where did, I thought I worked hard until I saw what you do. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, it's, well, it's, I, I, I do. Cool. I will say I, I do work fast. Um, <laughs> and that's, uh, I mean, I, I literally, I walk fast. I do everything fast, which is right. kind of, I don't know. I don't know if that makes a difference, but, um, and it's part, part of that's, being from New York City, you, you walk 100 miles an hour wherever you're going, and I, I kind of I, I literally do that in my shop. I'm really walking back 100 times a day, you know, just super fast. And right. I don't know if that helps, but the, the, the drawback <laughs> is that you can you can burn out really quickly. You know, it's like a cat; they, they use all this energy at once, but then you're going to sleep it off. You know? Right. Sure. So, so it's it's a, it's a balancing <laughs> act, I guess. I don't I don't know. Um, sh- sugar and helps, you know. <laughs> Are you a coffee drinker yeah. or not? Or no, not at all. I'm no? uh, unfortunately a soda, a soda, Coca Cola drinker. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But... Me too. Uh, I had to, I yeah. cut back last year, and uh, but I was always a big into it. And then my doctor told me, you know, it's time to cut back on the on the on the uh, caffeine drinks because uh, caffeine yeah. sodas, yeah. not for the weight, uh, but but blood pressure. And uh, yeah. so yeah, yeah it's yeah. just a uh, but you know, and and as yeah. a result, I ended up losing some weight out of it. And but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. I, I but it sucks not having the caffeine. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. So, yeah, yeah. Now you but mentioned you're from New York. Yeah. You're from New York City, and it's fast paced. Um, yeah. What what? Do you, do you, is there any music you listen to that's uh, from New York? Are you are you a Beastie Boy fan like like me and Brett? Uh, I do like the Beastie Boys. I mean, okay. it's not my biggest favorite, thing, uh, okay. but I do listen to them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I knew they were from um, up there because that was that was that was that was huge when we were kids. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just never grow out of that. Yeah, it's not no, an everyday no, thing. It's no. a now and then thing, you know. Yeah. But. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw yeah. that. that I throw that odd. No, it's, in it. it's interesting you say that because there's, there's actually a documentary coming out about them right now. Oh man. Was that right? Coming out on. on on Apple TV or something like that, Apple Plus. I'm going to have to find a way to watch it. That's cool. All right. Uh, Let's do the next question. This one is from – this one's more for me because Scott Perry's making fun of me, but then he has a real question. He's saying, can you please change the name of your company, Doug, so that way Brett can pronounce it right for once? I always mess it up, and I know better, but it's just – it's my problem. He calls it FOS. I I always goof it up. (laughs) Anyways. He always says yeah. F O S skill instead of FOS skill. And then I correct myself. Yeah, well, for some reason, no, it's funny. It's, for some reason, everyone thinks FOS stands for something, but yeah. it doesn't. It's, it's just, and they, they, they give it the capital F period, capital O period. It's my brain doing it to me. Yeah. But, um, uh, he does have a real question now. Uh, the Hendrix Type Foundry is amazing, and he's always been a fan of the hydrocal hydrocal stonework any chance that something like this could be on the horizon for other scales like o or eight or om30 
Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I mean, the, 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 hydro, the HydroCal kits I'm releasing are, are a line of kits that I purchased from Jimmy Degnan. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not, it's not like I have more to make, you know, to come up with. So are those the, an existing set of molds. Are those the Fulaz? The Ed Fulaz. Yeah, Fulaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's still another more than a dozen of his kits that I haven't even released yet. That's I'm exciting. We work each one like I so. Was and, you know, yeah, some, like the fire hall, Brett, that he that we ask him about every time and he hasn't released it. Yeah, yeah. Was the uh, yard yeah, office yeah. was the yard <laughs> office part of that? Uh, the Jensen Tower. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! I I did a yard office number three. Was that one part of it too? Yep, it was. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't do Jensen yeah. Tower and yet. Then, uh, and then, of course, the the the, the famous Wiley waterproofing. Yeah, uh, yeah. That oh, that's his as well. Kit as well. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna redo oh, the roof cool. on that yeah. one. Hey there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I was just yeah. I, I was looking I at. The, I got. I got the joke. Is that a joke? Because you're Wiley? Because you're going to redo the roof? No, no, no. I was looking Wiley, at it, Wiley. and it's one of those. No, <laughs> I, that I see it now. That's pretty funny. No, I um, <laughs> um, no. I'm gonna. I I'm just looking at it now, and I wasn't happy with how I did the roof, so I'm gonna redo that. Just the roof of that kit. Um, yeah. But I did redo the seams after I spoke with you about matching up the hydrocal wall seams with a little bit of drywall mud, yeah. and I repainted that, so that looks good now. But I, the roof's been bothering me, so I'm just going to redo that. It'd be it's a, that's like an afternoon project, though. So, all right. Yeah. Um, okay, next one is from Chris Galvin. Uh, he would like more tips on getting a successful crackled paint effect uh, when he bought when he built your red light district theater. He could not replicate the finish on your printed photos, and he used the crackle medium and a hairdryer, but failed achieving that effect. Do you have any uh, tips on that? Uh, and it's the he's talking um, about the photo of the stucco front building for the uh, theater itself. Oh, for the the theater. Yeah, the um, Art Deco. Yeah, look. I would like some. I would like some tips too because I still can't figure it out. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a it's a hit and miss for some reason. I I've used the crackle stuff. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And uh-huh. I don't know if it's temperature, humidity, or some something, but uh, it might be that. basically the technique is what's that? I was gonna say it might be something like weather or humidity related because I know like my wife's done some stuff with yeah. crackle paints for other craft projects, and it doesn't always even work right yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, and for some reason on the on that particular theater model, it worked great. It was it looks awesome, <laughs> um, but. I have not been able to really do it again as well. Uh, but the t- technique is basically painting, painting whatever surface, you know, a color, say it's white and then, or no, sorry, paint, paint it like a, a secondary color, like a gray. Take this crackle finish, which is available at Michael's or wherever. Let that dry, then paint the color on top of it. And it should separate on its own. And, but to speed it up, you can also use a hairdryer mm-hmm. and that works. For some reason, not all the time. I, I haven't figured it out yet. Huh. Um, <laughs> we'll but, we'll but follow I, up with you next year on it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to play with it some more because when it works, it's fantastic. I mean, it looks really cool and it gives it some real scale. But uh, it's a tricky one. It's a hit and miss. It might just be a finicky thing, that, you know, because like I said, I've seen yeah. other people have problems with it on other craft projects. So maybe it's just yeah. all around finicky. Yeah. Um, and there's 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 a 
there's 20 different crackle finishes you can buy. So, you know, maybe it's a matter of going through all of them to get the best one. <laughs> Someone's going to have know, to sacrifice uh, a weekend works. and figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, one last one from Chris, and then we have like two ones from G from my email, real quick. Um, yep. D- this one's specifically for Doug. Do you have any horror stories of taking uh, a just completed and weathered display model to a big train show and dropping it, or noticing like a giant, funny, like a mustard smudge or something, something awful happening to one of your models or one of your displays? Oh, um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I don't think like a really big one, but almost all of them get some kind of damage when they go to the shows. Uh-huh. Um, but I've, I've never, I've never dropped one. Um, I've always, you know, almost dropped them, you know, cause, uh, it's just bound to happen. You have that heart attack moment. You know, of course just, yeah. Well, you know what I, I do and I don't, I kind of, I'm okay with it. I just expect it and I'm just like, Oh, all right. You know, um, <laughs> like you know, so some someone has leaned into them, you know, one of, like at the, you know, they're on the table, and, and like a someone just puts their hand down and crushes, you know, a wall. Wow. That's good. I mean, it's not the funniest thing in the world, but I, what else am I going to do but laugh? Right. You know? right. I, don't know. I just I'm I'm okay with it. It's always you it's know? probably a lot of rooftop details too, because that seems to be the thing that I always bust off when I'm working here. Yeah, if it's a fragile billboard with all the little metal struts or something, or yeah. chimneys yeah. always get get knocked off. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, of course, the the hydrocal kits take a little bit more damage, especially if you're bouncing around on the road when you bring them somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, you touch them up and they look more beat up, and that's fine too. And, and nothing could be uh, scarier. Nothing could be scarier than being at the expo and by yourself in the whole room <laughs> and knocking down uh, art art Fahey's entire display, uh, entire display, <laughs> and catching yeah, it. There you I, go. Catching it, my heart was in my oh. throat that night. And uh, every one of his displays was sliding down the table, and I was grabbing them like Lucille Ball on a conveyor belt. It was, it was yeah. the craziest thing ever. Um, yeah. But uh, that's, that's, unfortunately, that's nothing. Probably, I mean, fortunately, nothing broke. Yeah, that's probably more scary than any story I have. And nothing <laughs> broke there. So, yep, yeah. that was that was scary. And yeah. that night, I ran into you guys up at the lounge, yeah. and I and I brought and I told you guys what I did, and everybody's like. Uh, who's going to tell Art that one? <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. anyhow. Um, all right. These ones, we got two from our, these are all from patrons, but these are two that are uh, for, through email. And then I have, actually there's three. So we'll go through these real quick. Real quick. So, you know, Jeff Adam from MoTrack. Um, sure. He fell in love with that jig that you had made for um, putting the strip wood together for kits. Um, that yeah, there was in a, in a video you posted about uh, the update that you had. Um, you oh, had, yeah. You, yeah, you had a video where you're like putting, you're going through and you're you're divvying out strip wood for kits. Um, yes, I'm guessing that was for strip wood. But uh, he said, "I love that holder so much that because he's making those uh, organizers that he laser cut one for himself out of his material he has. It's like that heavy clipboard material." Um, yeah, the MDS. Yeah, yeah. He, so he's like, I had to have one for myself, so he made one. But he's saying uh, he wanted to thank you for the idea. Now he has his own laser cut jig he made. But are there any other jigs that you use while packing up kits that you uh, that like saves your time? Um, 
Not really. I mean, that's a, that's just like a sorter for the for the strip wood. Yeah. Um, at one time, I did make like a crazy funnel for 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 plastic tissue windows to go into <laughs> like a bag. Like you stick the bag on the bottom, and it kind of slides it down because it was hard to pour a cup into. You know, it was like a it was like a lot of cardboard and yeah. glue gun, but that's about it. But that's about it. Nothing nothing crazy. Otherwise, you have titchy windows yeah. bouncing all over your floor. <laughs> yeah. Everyone yeah. loves that. And the floor is gray. Yeah, and the floor is gray, so forget about finding it. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Gone. Yeah. This is a fun one from George Nagel. Um, he's local to us. Uh, he was asking... He loves how you lean towards sometimes towards the quirky and, un, un, and unusual in your designs. Um, it's not uh-huh. always strictly prototypical, which is refreshing to see. Uh, I think we'd all agree with that. But George is asking if you've ever had to pull back from a design that was just like way too far out there. Like you're what you're looking at it and you're going, no, this this can't happen. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, not often, but it, it has happened. I mean, it's it's part of the process. I mean, it's just like editing. You know, if you're writing, you're editing, or you're editing a movie and stuff. You yeah. just you go you go further, and then you pull it back. You know, um, and it, and it's I don't think that it's it's not necessarily because it was too whimsical or too crazy, but it's probably too big or too unrealistic or right. something more more of a reason like that than than a whimsical thing. Um, it's almost like you'd get carried uh, away, and you're. It's it's not yeah yeah I mean, it's just too much for that kit it's it's too much too much right. of a of a building or whatever yeah like like Rust Rock Falls for example the big mill I mean it might have started where it was like almost three feet long <laughs> you know I mean it's not for a layout but for to put a kit in production and for people to be able to fit it in their layout it's just there there is a, there is a, there's a limitation they'd so, have to extend right. the layout um, yeah yeah and it's just it's just not realistic to to assume that everyone can fit that or wants that or whatever. So, right. You know. No, that's good. Uh, but, but yeah, but it's, it's, it's a better way to work. I think, uh, to do more than less because you can always cut it back. Right. It's hard to come up with, you know, to fill air. It's easier to reduce it. You know, no, that's a good idea. It's, 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 yeah. you, you, you design over and then you scale back to what's feasible for a, a production kit. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean that, that really holds true for working on a layout, right? I mean, we all want these big empires, but it's really about how you know if you if you're only 24 inches deep in your layout and you've only got a 12 foot run of plywood or whatever, you got to be realistic and cut back and cut back and compromise and yeah, compress right. sure. and all that stuff. So, same thing. Yeah, yeah but that's what we had to do here. It's just the same. We're only we're six by 16 feet or 17 feet. So I mean, it's yeah. it's not it's bigger than some, but. You know, it's still not yeah. huge. It's not huge by any means. So we, you know, we had to manage space appropriately. Um, all right, yeah. last question, and then I actually have one question for you. Um, yeah. This is from Andre. Do you have any plans to expand your AK uh, product line? Um, he's asking that the terrain line is quite good for scenery and pavement and dirt and grime, and you have a bunch of that. But it, do you have? I know you actually had to scale back because of the current issue that we're all experiencing yeah, yeah, but yeah. um do you ever think about getting new ak stuff in uh yeah i mean we had a couple of things here and there i mean i could take a look and see yeah. what you know i i tried to pick stuff that ho train modelers would use there's a lot of stuff of course you some know, of it's not very over. applicable 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't need all the colors to paint German uniforms in World War II and all that kind of thing. So <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's you know, there's there's a big percentage of their products is like that. Yeah, a lot of it's like but, pigments uh, and colors specific to a a very yeah. niche thing that we're just not going to do. Right, or yeah, or metallics for airplanes and stuff and all that mm. junk. So. Um, so yeah, I can look it out. I always want to add more stuff and try stuff. So. Now, this might be um, a good question for our listeners, and I maybe if not, we can cut this part out. But um, if if there's ever something where you're doing an order from AK and someone's looking for something specific, but it might not be on your site, can they throw it into an order from you and then wait for it to come in? Uh, yeah, I mean, if there's a suggestion or, you know, I'll, I'll order more than one if it's right. an, an item I think I could sell. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, email me and I'll, you know, if it's just something that's hard to get uh, you know, on its own one off, but you know, you're already throwing an yeah. order in might be something that people could look at, yeah. but th- I don't want to inundate you with yeah. requests either. So <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Either, either I can do it or I can't. I, yeah. You, know, you just always say no. Speak, so. Speaking of AK and yeah. we were talking about weathering earlier, um, mm-hmm. uh, we had Craig Brotman on the show about, uh, about a month ago, and um, it was great to have him on. And he's he's one of those people that likes to experiment with all different types of uh, you know uh, materials and, yeah. and and mediums, and which I think is great. Yeah. That's what helps us become more expanded modelers. Um, one of the things that he was talking about that he's he's you now he's still working with them and trying to figure them out is the AK uh, pencils. Uh, have you yeah. tried the pencils at all, or? Uh, yeah, I bought one sample set, I think, of the rust colors. Um, uh, they're okay for me. Uh, I'd still, again, it's like what I'm used to. I'm used to a brush with the pigments. Right. Um, but, I, again, I think they're probably better on a big tank, right. you know, because a pencil streak and HO scale, you'd have to really make it really fine mm-hmm. um, without making it look like a pencil mark. Right, you know? right. Uh, and probably... I'd probably reserve it more for rolling stock, if anything, than, than a building. I don't know. It's it's a preference thing, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. I just didn't know if you had yeah. tried it out or whatever, but yeah, yeah. I, I haven't given it enough time to really make a judgment, but I'll, I can still play around with them. I have a few, so sure. Um, okay. Yeah. Now that wraps up our patron questions. I have one question for you. Um, sure. How have you seen? Have you seen any? awesome people or awesome everyone's awesome that's not what i meant have you seen anyone doing any awesome scratch builds now you've expanded your um your availability of the walls and like um pre-cut walls i know we had a lot of people that were interested in those like back six months ago when you first released that he put one up today go let him talk about it yeah yeah let me talk about that one it's uh his name is michael franz f-a-r-n-z i think Uh uh-huh uh i gotta check that out he probably yeah, he probably used uh, twelve different sections of those of the walls that we make, the laser cut walls. Yeah, and he was able to come up with a, a pretty credible, unique looking mill, you know, and a good size too. It's probably like eight by six or something like that, maybe yeah, a little bigger. A, he and, did an awesome job. Oh my yeah, gosh! I was like, oh wow, that looks like a, that looks like a cool kit. And yeah, it's a total scratch build. You mm-hmm. know, that's awesome. Um, which I, is exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, what you want to see someone do with all those parts. You know? Yeah. Um, I didn't even see that before I asked that question, I promise. And that looks incredible. That's really cool. Looks like he has to finish, yeah, a, maybe finish the roof up, but other than that, it's done. Yeah, but, but you know, it's just a nice, interesting design. There's lots of different angles it. and it's got, a, it's got a little tower on it and everything. Tons of windows. Uh, it's, 
Yeah. Mm, yeah so that's, that's a perfect example. That's a beautiful building. Yeah. You know, let me, let me talk about Craig Botman for a second. Sure. He's, he's a perfect example of someone who's practicing. Cause I remember we, I think he came mm-hmm. to the 2018 expo in Albany. It's the mm-hmm. first time I met yep. him, I think. And his modeling was good. But since then, every model he's done has gotten like exponentially better. Oh yeah. I mean, his scenery is fantastic now. His weathering is great. And it's just been this progression for like the last year and a half or maybe it's two years now. I don't know. I think it's, it's beautiful to see it. Yeah. And it's just, it just keeps getting better and better and better and better. And every time he comes out with something, you just, you can't wait to look, you know, to see it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, Practice, practice, practice. It really makes a difference. It it does. When and you mentioned that about Albany, he came to that show. He sat there in front of our table. I had Dan Raymond uh, building a, yeah. a vehicle at one end of the table, and then I had Ron uh, Pobani, Ron Pobani, uh, building yeah. a small structure, one of your small structures. And he pulled up a chair mm-hmm. and he sat there and took it. And that's what the expo is all about. Um, you know, yeah. learning and, and, and experiencing as much as we all love the shop. It's about taking the clinics and then seeing what people are building. And he sat there all day just watching those guys mesmerized yeah. watching it. Yeah. And then, and then he yeah. got up and watched Jack over at, uh, at bar mills doing the same thing. And, and, and I, and I watched him that whole weekend doing that. And then he went home and just worked it. Like he said, it was, it's, yeah. it's really neat to see that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and he's been doing it been doing it ever since, mm-hmm. you know, and it, yep. it, it pays off. That's great. Definitely does. Nice. So. Well, that was my question, uh, and I, I'm okay. happy, I'm happy you pointed that out because that building, I was just staring at it now while we were talking, and man, he did an awesome job with that. Yeah. So yeah, I like the color yeah. scheme too. It's all grays. It's very neat. Yeah, that's nice. So, anyways, I'm cool. fixated on that building now. But <laughs> so, so I think we're is that all the questions, Brent? Yeah, I think that's really it for the questions. I just wanted to say, Doug, I'm having a blast doing the terminal kit. Um, it's taking me a while oh, because I'm putting it on the side of a hill, which I don't know if you've heard or seen. But um, yeah. So my my main main issue, I wanted to talk about that real quick with you. My main issue with it, and it's nothing against, it's nothing you did. You wouldn't. This is not your fault. This is my fault because I decided to do it this way. Is because it's on a hill, I ran into some problems trying to fit the buildings together because I'm elevating each building is on a different level. So like uh, yeah. the the garage, the garage, the little garage that goes in between um, the trolley cafe and uh, um, yeah. the Caswell shoe, I need to make the wall that's on the edge facing Caswell's looking downhill. I have to make that stucco oh, to make up for the yeah the height difference. So yeah. I'm actually making yeah. more walls than than the kit's supposed to come with. So I'm covering. <laughs> I have to cover up a lot of yeah. stuff. Um, so it's just slowing me down a little bit because yeah. I also have to think about how their foundation. I had to build foundations for all of them. So it's just it's slowing yeah. everything down a little bit. But it's still fun because it's challenging yeah. me. It's making me think. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I, don't, to, I don't know if you, I don't know if, I don't know if you've done an episode yet on like making elevation changes but that might be a good one if you haven't already, i'm that's a big i'm taking notes and it'll we it will definitely be talked about because i've i've run in the i've scrapped more foundations and and like i've had to redo so much stuff because i think in my brain this is going to work on this this attempt it's going to work and then it doesn't look yeah. right and then i gotta do it again but um 
<laughs> you know, it goes back to what you yeah. said. I'm practicing that. It's something new to me. So. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I just wanted to let you know I'm doubling, almost well, doubling all your walls. <laughs> well, to... <laughs> maybe, maybe down the road we can have a a show with Doug and talk about elevation changes. I think that'll be uh, yeah down the road we can do. Let me finish yeah, this up, it, 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 and then yeah. I want to hear from you on it. Um, what were you going to say though? I didn't mean to cut you out there. Oh no, I, I wasn't saying that. I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> we do that all the time. But anyways, <laughs> I do, but I am having a blast with that kid. It is a, it is a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if you saw, I put pictures up where I, I'm lighting up underneath inside the, uh, the main terminal building. Um, doing some stuff like that. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Yeah. So my thing was because it's on a hill, when you're looking through the, the terminal bus station, uh, uh-huh. you know, if it was flat, you'd see through the other side so that light would pass through. But because there's a hill behind it, it kind of cuts a little light out and it makes it look darker behind it. And I spent all that time, oh, okay. I spent a bunch of time putting cool signs on the inside and going over the top with the detail on the inside than what came with the kit. I added a bunch more to it. Surprise, surprise. But then I was like underwhelmed when I put it down and I'm like, oh, it's so dark. So I threw in some underneath. I threw in some really uh, some dimmable LEDs, and I put I used the warmer white, the warm white. Um, and it's not okay, very. I'm, it's, looking, it's, I'm looking at it now. It's not super bright. I can change the brightness of them, but I was like, man, I yeah. gotta I gotta show that off. I gotta show that off. And I think yeah. in a city that would be something that would be illuminated anyway. So it made sense. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Frank Varga did that with his. He did. He, he did the like crazy 10 story version of it um, <laughs> of course it's just like, like it's like like a movie set it was insane but uh but he lit it up as well and it looks so good underneath you know it does and it's it's something where if you were in a big city even in the middle of the day something like that kind of an underpass oh, sure. would have lights on 24 7 yeah so no definitely definitely but yeah Anyways, I just wanted to let you know that it was a i spent so much time on the inside of that concrete work on the inside and i'm like oh it's yeah. too dark. I got to light that baby up, but uh, we're having fun with it. I'm having fun. I'm taking my time through all this mess that we're in and I'm spending a couple, you know, a couple hours here and there. And then yeah. the weekends I'm really blasting away at it. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun with that one. So I know my dad's having fun with his build too, but I am, yeah, yeah. Really. but that's yeah. all I had. I just, good to do them. I just wanted to throw that in there for you to let you know. Uh, it's, I'm challenging yeah. myself already with that big build and I'm making it harder on myself on purpose. <laughs> Good idea. So, 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 uh, so I talked to you before the show and, um, we, uh, next week we have our special. We talked about it already with everybody, mm-hmm. uh, about, uh, the signs. So, uh, I talked to Doug and Doug, uh, has agreed to, uh, if he's still okay with that coming on next week and, uh, being a uh, part of our group of guests, uh, with Dave Kruiswick and Frank Varga and Jason Jensen and Jake Johnson, uh, we will have a five-person um, guest uh, panel about signs and uh, all, how everybody works with their signs. Because I've found that these are some of the my favorite people uh, as far as working with the sign work and and you know the the details they put into the signs that they do. Um, and then of course, uh, somebody like Doug, uh, Doug, you, you're, you're awesome with your signs that come with your kits that you select to put with kits and how you've, you know, how you weather them and everything else. And, and we, I'm glad that, uh, 
I'm glad and excited to have you on with those guys. So we're going to get a double dose of you, and I appreciate your time here tonight as well. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Is he there? Hey, Doug. You there? Yeah. Yeah, Doug. Yeah. I lost you there for a second. That's okay. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah, yeah. I did hear what you said, though. So. You did hear what I said? Yeah, about the show next week. Yep. Okay. Very good. exciting. Yep. Cool. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot of talk on signage. The whole thing is about signs. I think we're going to have a lot of people really looking forward to that show. That'll be a, uh, a lot of fun. We all love signs. And that's why uh, tonight with weathering, I kind of avoided some of those questions because I think we'll go over that a lot next week. So, um, But, yes, thank you again for your time tonight. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, always, uh, always a pleasure. I think this is like time eighty-five times we've had you on the show. Something crazy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, it's but I was crazy. excited for this one because we actually dug into some like more modeling talks. I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was good. Good, awesome. So, well, cool. again, thank you, Doug. Thank, um, thank you. Stay safe. Stay healthy yeah. this next week, and uh, looking forward to yeah. getting you on for some sign talk. So, all right, I'll talk to you. Talk to you guys next week. All right. You got it. Thanks a lot again. Good night. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right.